Okay, Charles, you have the whiskey in front of you. It's your week to do a blind tasting. So just keep nosing and tasting that. We've got quite a few things to talk about. This is Holly here from First Fill Spirits. I'm joined by Charles Grabitsky, and we're, as always, sitting in our boutique whiskey and spirits shop in downtown Saratoga Springs, First Fill Spirits, and that's why our name is It's Whiskey, FFS, get it? First Fill Spirits. Um, My nose is still in the glass. <laughs> this one's really confusing me. I don't like blind tasting so much anymore. So this is quite comical because... Charles, for his Saratoga Whiskey Club, puts together a really beautiful, well-thought-out, well-planned Advent calendar, but all of the whiskeys are blind. So if you are a part of the Saratoga Whiskey Club, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. We all got a box of 24 unmarked, just numbered, uh, small little vials of whiskey, and we all have to determine where it came from, ABV, uh, style of whiskey, so a single malt, single grain, age, and this sounds like, okay, you don't have to guess the distillery, you don't have to, you know, it's not true terroir maybe, but it is freaking hard. I've gotten some zeros <laughs> many days where I thought for sure single malt scotch, 100%, and then it turns out to be a German rye. So um, blind tasting is very challenging, and Charles is the one leading our blind tasting, and he just laughs at us while we bomb I, I the do answers. Not, I do not laugh. I am very <laughs> smile. kind. I smile. There's nothing wrong with smiling. I'm, it's you know, evil. People say I'm too serious of a person all the time, so if you see me smiling on Zoom, that's a great thing, and you should be happy that I'm that I'm not always serious. So as you is, watch people question their whole whiskey career in life. I do want to <laughs> say right off the bat. So I learned some things from the calendar every year mm -hmm. and it's mostly from people's reaction to the whiskey that they're tasting. And you do have to kind of go from the hip and, 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 and come up with a, an answer quickly because the, the longer you think about a blind uh, whiskey, the, the more common it is to change your answer. And, um, nothing wrong with letting it sit for a while. Now, Holly just poured this, so it it does have, you know, some alcohol on it. But I'm I'm my I'm gonna just throw it out there. My early guess is gonna be a young single malt, uh, and I'm getting kind of a a whiny cask. So I'm gonna even throw it out there. My first instinct was cognac. Now I don't know if that's anywhere close to what this is, but. <laughs> Look at the legs on the glass. Yeah, it's, it is it's quite viscous. Um, well, just keep sipping and nosing. Yeah, I haven't even sipped it yeah, yet. Warm so it that's, up a little that's bit. That's just based on a nose. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Well, how the tables have turned today. I'm pretty pumped to watch Charles yeah. <laughs> nose through this. I'm almost going to say it's it's from another country. It's not one of our uh, normal whiskey you, you producer. You think that everything I have is from another country, no. from Tasmania. No. no, I'm not thinking Australia though. I'm thinking okay. like somewhere in... Far, far away. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> well, I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, well, the shop is, is busy and crazy, which is fantastic. Our first holiday season, so let's keep it going. We're almost to to the end of the holidays and New Year. Um, but Charles <laughs> did sneak away for a little distillery vacation down in Baltimore, 
um, visiting Old Line and Sagamore. So you got some good whiskey while you were down there too. Yeah, so I hadn't been to Sagamore before and I was pretty excited to get down there and check them out. Um, we did do a big tasting with them last year and with Brian Tracy, um, the president. And um, he was in the shop the day before Thanksgiving. Um, he's got family up here in Saratoga and uh, came in to visit us and said, you know, you get down to Baltimore, I'd love to show you around. So I had to go down anyhow to... Uh, to pick up some whiskey from Old Line, which I'll explain in a second here, but um, got to reconnect with Brian down at Sagamore, saw their facility, did a tour, uh, tasting full, full, full tour and everything. And oh, wow, pretty amazing what they've got going on down there. And, um, you know, I've, I've been a fan uh, for a long time, but this just cemented, you know, the future uh, of what they're doing in my mind. And Got to try their new bottled and bond expression, which I think is really fantastic. Got to try some of their other unique cask uh, finishings as well. Um, and then hopefully First Fill will get on the list for a barrel next year. That would be a lot of fun and go down there. Maybe get the club involved in that one, uh, but that could be a lot of fun. But yeah, the other uh, visit was with Mark at Old Line uh, Spirits in Baltimore. Uh, the Saratoga Whiskey Club partnered up with um, the Old Line Scotch Club down in Baltimore. Uh, this guy Joe runs that down there and I met him on social media and we started talking and they were going in on a barrel of Madeira finished uh, single malt uh, from Old Line and we had uh, done the Old Line American single malt at a dinner earlier this year and was really fantastic and I was pretty excited about doing that. So I went down, we split a barrel with the Old Line Scotch Club of Madeira finished. It was finished for 10 months. Uh, really solid whiskey. Great visiting with Mark. Uh, looking forward to doing more collaborations with Old Line. Uh, if you haven't seen them or heard about them, you definitely need to check them out in Baltimore while you're there. That so, Madeira finish is fantastic. I really, I really like it a lot. Yeah. The more I sip so it, the, the more it opens and evolves, and it's just great. So is everything, everything's new charred oak though, even though they're single malt, right? And then obviously if there's a finish, but. Yep, yep, yeah, so everything, and, and they do use quite a bit still of the 30 gallon barrels uh, there. So not everything is 53. They do have 53s in there now, but um, you know, this is a, it was, our barrel was 3.3 uh, years in the American oak, and then it went into Madeira for 10 months, so. A little over four years total maturation on that one. Yeah, I want to go down and visit them. I used to spend a lot of time in Baltimore. Had some friends down there, but uh, Charles is doing all the fun traveling right now. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I really haven't been to a distillery, though, in a long time. Hmm. I need to just maybe... Ten mile. Oh, yeah, you're right. Penelope. Actually, well, speaking of Penelope... I don't think that we mentioned Penelope. We talked about some of our single barrels on the last episode. We have a lot coming through, rice and bourbons. And um, two, well, actually three that we're really excited about, and I don't believe that we mentioned them before, uh, was we got confirmation that our two Penelope single barrels are on the way, one for January and one for February. The first one, um, we wanted it to wait an extra month in its toasted cask finish. 
and we just got the sample and, and talked with Mike and Danny over there and agreed it's ready to be bottled. So that will be in January, and that's part of their four grain toasted series, um, which we're really excited about. And then we were fortunate enough to secure one of their light whiskey single casks. I think it was right time, right place, and uh, we're both big fans of, of light whiskey after that high west experience a few years ago. Um, so 14 years old and just full of rich fruits, strawberries, honey. Uh, it's going to be a really, really cool whiskey. And I know they didn't have a lot of them either. Yeah, we were re really fortunate to get that barrel because when we were there, we we did sample from one light whiskey barrel first. And um, we kind of, you know, we're impressed by it, but we didn't really, that's not why we went there. You know, we went for this toasted uh, four grain and um, we were sitting back in the tasting office and, um you know, Mike said, hey, let's, you know, we could always sample another barrel or two of, of the light whiskey. We have a few. And uh, so before you know it, we're climbing up on top of barrels and drilling into uh, another barrel. And this one we tasted, the second one was just phenomenal. And we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, uh, is he going to actually sell this to us? Because it was that good. And, and I don't even know if he knew what to do with it at the time. It was kind of fun. So uh, we did secure that barrel, which is really exciting. Um, it's not a, a full barrel, you know, again, 14 years. Uh, so there's quite a bit of evaporation that, that happened in that barrel, uh, but really solid juice. And, you know, light whiskey is going to be one of those unknown kind of up-and-coming categories I think a lot of us are going to hear a lot about in the next few years. And it's not actually a light whiskey. That word light is doesn't do it any uh, does it does a disservice to what it actually is it's it's a it's just distilled higher than the the actual allowed rule of bourbon so it's when it comes off the still it's higher than 65% uh, ABV uh, or excuse me 165 165 oh, proof yeah no it's it's, a, it's above 165 proof uh, it's usually somewhere between 165 and 175 so it's you know, it's getting closer to that neutral uh, grain or neutral spirit level of, you know, 190, 200, but there's still a ton of flavor right above that 165. Uh, you know, it's the opposite of, of light. It's actually full and viscous and the rules aren't as strict. So it's a lot of fun. What a shame. Light whiskey and neutral grain spirit are the two categories after bourbon, which is a uh just terrible names when it comes from to yeah. a marketing perspective. It's really, really, um, really Maybe bad. we will rule out neutral grain spirit for our shop. <laughs> that might be something that we, but who knows? I mean, that obviously is what eventually goes into potentially gin, vodka, other types of spirits from around the world. So um, I think we'll probably, when we get it in, because the tasting notes are going to be so special for a North American whiskey um, and it's so old, we'll probably do a whole little podcast on light whiskey and hopefully we can reshape what people think of it and kind of rebrand it in a way because it is such a beautiful spirit and they're not bound by new charred oak so you can imagine you're getting a lot of new flavor potential in in that so a lot coming from Penelope and we also uh, we had a pleasant surprise uh, from Leopold Brothers 
Um, so not done on their three chamber still, but uh, there were a, a few bourbon casts available in New York State. Uh, we were able to taste through them, and Charles and I really liked um, cask number 69, which uh, was 61% corn, 23% rye, and 17 malted barley, so a little bit high on the malted barley. Uh, but that uh, bourbon should be here quite soon. And we were really pleasantly surprised. I mean, we follow and are big fans of what Leopold Brothers is doing, but, um, you know, it's a lot of the three-chamber chat. Uh, so for more of their classic bourbon, uh, we were really impressed. It was great. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, but that first sip, I was like, okay, this is something that we need to really, uh, explore about grabbing this cast before it's gone. So pretty excited to get that one in here and, and great to have, you know, whiskey from these other States, um, as well. So I, my initial notes were roasted nuts, roasted honeycomb cereal, you mm -hmm. know, that honeycomb, um, I got a bit of char, spice, and chai spice. So it should, you can definitely taste the rye, um, but it's coming with a, a creamy sweetness. So we'll have, we'll do our official tasting notes soon. So those are two, or I guess three whiskeys out of what, six or seven that we yeah, have? Yeah, we have at least like seven more barrels on the yeah. way. It's uh, pretty intense right now. So we'll, we'll keep it all organized, but um, why don't we talk a little bit? Oh, Charles finished his dram. Do you want some more? Oh. Oh my goodness, I finished my dinner. <laughs> Do you want some I think more? I was just chatting <laughs> away it. and I was like, oh. <laughs> Do you want more? Uh, you just have to close your eyes and I'll pour wow, it. Wow, that's pretty scary that I did that. Um, <laughs> well, uh, let me know. Keep nosing your empty glass. That's the, the lesson to be learned. Don't put a dram in front of Charles while he's on a podcast. Cause he'll just... Very happy. He's smiling. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't have lunch yet. So. Uh. Well, we do have some new things to the shop. Um, of course we do. But we have, uh, what is this, the 24-year-old barrel Canadian whiskey, um, which was finished in Oloroso and XO Armagnac cast. Charles got to try that with Eva over at Barrel. Um, I haven't tried it yet, but there's a sample waiting for me, but I heard it was pretty amazing. Um, so we've got that. We've got a bunch of single cask nation. So a shout out to Joshua and Jason. Um, we have an inch fad, which is actually their Loch Lomond, which is finished in a Bordeaux barrique, I believe. I have that in front of me. Um, so a Grand Cru Bordeaux barrique. That's something that I might be purchasing. Um, a Linkwood finished in Ruby Port. Their Water of Life bottling, which uh, I heard is uh, from a distillery that produces unpeated and peated malt, not Isla. That's all the information I was given, but heard it's pretty fantastic from Joshua. So hopefully I didn't give too much away, but that's another one that I want to potentially crack open. Um, a bunch of Black Adder rums as well, uh, which, uh, and from Single Cask Nation too. We have a Brazilian rum from them. Um, and then Charles, you should talk about this fancy, uh, Japanese whiskey you got. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you receive things at stores that you don't either remember ordering or you didn't, <laughs> or you didn't order and, uh, they just come and then you can either send them back if it's really the wrong thing or just keep it if it's something that's pretty cool. And, uh, this was pretty surprising. It was a big box, tall box, and it turned out to be these 1.8 liter, bottles of Iwa, I, Iwa, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, but Japanese whiskey 
typically used for you know highballs or or maybe just you know light sipping nothing too uh, over the top but beautiful bottles these things are mon monstrous and whether you put it on your mantelpiece just to <laughs> to stare at this beautiful japanese bottle or or crack it open for a party and make highballs uh, or just drink it straight whatever you want to do um, pretty cool so sometimes that happens um, we've already blown through three of them uh, of our case um, so that's pretty fun so yeah and then we did get um some of the partnership, the malt duo between Komagatake and Chichibu, uh, really cool, you know, to see Mars and Chichibu get together and put out this combined um, aging and distilling of, of whiskeys together. Uh, obviously a very allocated item. We were fortunate to get our hands on some. Uh, you know, we still have, I think one left, but you know, these things go quickly. Um, and then a couple others, we got um, the Pin Hook, the Artist Series, uh, which is a really fun series. I actually That's tasted cool. that last week. Mm -hmm. um, it's really solid and, um, you know, beautiful uh, art on the back of the bottle. Uh, really kind of a collector's item, but at the same time, uh, just great whiskey from Castle and Key. Uh, you know, I, I really like to see uh, some of their whiskey being used in, in these bottlings. It's really fun because I, I really like it. And that's an American whiskey. So it's a blend of um, bourbon and rye. And rye, yeah. So it's yeah. a combination of, of which both. Is, which is cool. Like a boo rye. <laughs> and then uh, the new Fuji, um, Fuji Gotemba released their blend. They did have their single grain, which was the first release in the fall. We, of course, had that and really enjoyed tasting that. Um, and then their more entry, I guess slightly lower price point, is their blend, both in 700 ml bottles. Uh, so obviously we're really excited to see any new uh, product come, come in, especially from Japan. Uh, and so we decided to have Fuji Gotemba be our focus distillery for the day. Although I, uh, Charles uh, hadn't been to the distillery, but he knows quite a bit from his travels just about Japanese whiskey and a lot of the distilleries that he's visited multiple times with his groups through Rascal and Thorne. So I thought we would do a quick little overview of some of the, the top Japanese distilleries that Charles has been to and then we'll do a little mini focus on Fujiko Temba since now we finally have their whiskey available in the States. Yeah, so in Japan, you know, we're accustomed to hearing about Suntory and, and Nika and, you know, those are the big, you know, releases that basically put Japan, Japanese whiskey on the map, you know, when Yamazaki and Hakushu, you know, really became very popular and the, their 12-year-olds were found all over the place. And then you had the Nikas, you had the Yoichi, uh, you know, that, that really kind of put peated Japanese whiskey on the map as well even though it's not a heavily peated it's you know but it is peated um, and then you have Miyagiko so you have these you know brands that have been around for a while that a lot of people uh, recognize now uh, or that have won a lot of awards but one of the great things about going to Japan and visiting distilleries are all the newer uh, younger distilleries or they're not even necessarily that young but they're just not that known uh, and so when we go you know we like to visit the big boys and you know they're great and you can get some really incredible tasting experiences at their bars and all of that 
but going to Chichibu, going to Mar Shinshu, going to uh, you know some of these smaller producers. You know, uh, we went to uh, 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 Naga Naga. Oh goodness gracious, Nagahama. Uh, the last time we were there, and it was fantastic. And then going to Akashi and 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 seeing what they're doing there with all the different sake casks and and all of that but so to see a, a new distillery now come to the u.s is really exciting so pretty impressed by the fuji uh single grain uh, we just actually used that in the calendar uh, i thought it was very tasty um, like Kali just mentioned we have that now in the shop so pretty cool to see some of these newer distilleries get um you know some traction here in the united states as well so when I was researching a bit and putting some notes together for this little segment of our podcast, um, I had been there back in 2017, and my first note was, um, and you could tell that maybe this was not a highly trafficked uh, a whiskey destination yet. I mean, they offered tours, um, but it was not translated. Uh, so here I was using Google Translate alone about two hours outside of Tokyo. That's about how far the distillery is. Um, took the bus, took a bunch of trains, made it there, kind of merged in with the Mount Fuji tourist side of things because a lot of people go there for the mountain and the little village. Um, but if you just pronounce whiskey while you're in the taxi cab and you're close enough to a distillery usually they get you there um <laughs> so that's how i ended up uh still still able to make it to the distillery but the main thing that i recall when visiting is um obviously it was owned by kieran so a big brewing company over there so a very significant distillery i mean you could tell immediately that the facilities were huge and they were making a lot of whiskey um and the second thing was, although no one could understand me, they were extremely smiley and friendly. Now I know, you know, most of Japan is is like this and a lot of people have this experience, but I was looking at some of my old photos and I had such a huge smile, this whole distillery, and I must've been in a very uh, prominent selfie mood too. I had a lot of selfies with my <laughs> selfie stick. I looked very happy now whether that was because of the whiskey or, or what. But I just remember it being such a friendly place. And even though there were those language barriers, um, a lot of them were really thrilled to chat with me and, um, and learn more about what I was doing. And actually, some of the folks that uh, were working there, my tour guide followed me on Instagram. Um, it, was, it was pretty fun. So they, the distillery itself was, um, was a partnership of sorts. So it was Kieran, the brewer, um, the brewing company, Seagram's, which we've all heard of at a certain point, whether it's New Zealand Whiskey Co. or MGP, um, lots of places around the world, lots of distilleries uh, before before their demise in a way, but a Kieran, Seagram, and Chivas joint venture over in Japan. So it was in the 1970s. Um, Seagram's would obviously start to, to fall away. Um, so that was in the early 2000s, and it would eventually be bought outright by Kieran. Uh, so you'd think that being such a large facility that, uh, and obviously Seagram was no joke back then, neither is Chivas, um, that we might see more of their product available uh, worldwide, but they're producing so many different styles of whiskey and we have to keep in mind again that it is not just single malt, 
uh, same as when we try and, and keep in mind with Scotland that blends are king. Um, so it's, yeah, we talk about single malt scotch quite a bit, Macallan, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, but Dewar's, Johnny Walker, Chivas, these are all still where most volume of, of whiskey produced goes to. And it's really no different in, in other parts of the world. So there's lots of different blends around the world that they could be and are producing for. So the 700 ml bottle change uh, really, I think, probably helped push them to release this single grain and blend that we now have here in the States. Um, and I made a few notes too about their production. We won't go crazy into it, but they are located right at the foot of Mount Fuji. Um, so you can imagine their climate is pretty special. Obviously they boast a lot about their water. Um, they are a little over 2000 feet above sea level, which is not the tallest distillery, uh, but definitely has some height to it. Uh, they claim it's always foggy. It stays right at about 55 degrees Fahrenheit, high humidity. So obviously a little microclimate there, uh, right by the mountains. And like we had mentioned before, they make lots of different styles of whiskey. And the way they explain it on their website is, uh, I think quite interesting because I think they're trying to help people understand, although it confused me at first, but they say that the three types of grain whiskey, so not pot distilled single malt like we we know because they do produce that and you see the pot stills on the tour um, but they produce three styles of grain whiskey the american style the canadian style and the scotch style so it's pretty much left there for you to decide um, and they talk about all of their different types of column stills their column and doublers which you might that might sound familiar if you've been on the kentucky bourbon trail um, so they call their light type which is the scotch style and continuous column stills as smooth and delicate their uh, medium type which is their canadian style now i would think charles and i were talking before i would think that scotch style is corn Right, that's what we agreed. I know that wheat is used sometimes too, but I mean, again, are they talking Scotch style now or Scotch style 20 years ago? Yeah, that's hard to say. Um, I would just assume corn, but they call it smooth and delicate. Yeah, mm, maybe that wheat. could be wheat too. Yeah. Um, so if anyone does know the exact grains they're using for these different styles, but medium type is what they call their Canadian style grain whiskey, and it's mellow and luscious. Hmm. Um, again, could be corn or rye. Hard to say rye with with that Luscious. flavor profile. <laughs> mellow. I mean, mellow, I would think mellow corn. That's yeah. just what pops in my head, but I know right. I shouldn't think that. So we'll, we'll leave that there. That's their medium type. That is a kettle and a column. And then you have uh, the American style or the heavy type, which we would really think corn, um, if they're going to say American style. Uh, and they do call it bourbon style. So we, I mean, obviously there's mash bills that could be different grains, but we know it's probably majority corn and they talk about their column and doubler, uh, and that's floral, fruity, and flavorful, which floral doesn't make me think corn either, but no. column distillation, maybe, yep. you know, when we think actually about our light whiskey, so maybe it yep. could be, yep. So a lot to be determined. We'll leave that for all of you to figure out. Um, it's a real challenging blind uh, whiskey. 
I remember when we tasted the single grain. And when you think single grain in Scotland, you think, okay, a column and most likely corn, depending on the distillery it came from. And that's that, right? It's pretty, pretty black and white where lots of this single grain is actually a marriage of lots of these different types of single grains. But in the, in the advent calendar, most people, I think it was at least 50% said North American bourbon. Okay, so maybe it was heavier on the yeah, so heavy style. I think the corn was pretty predominant in in the single grain. So, you know, interesting. You know, again, blind tastings. Here I am trying to still figure out this one. <laughs> so let me just get back to that real quick. I went from some kind of like I poured young, more for him by the young, way, and it's gone. Young single malt <laughs> cognac is what I kind of went for, maybe other world, and then I then I bounced to. I'm thinking it's now possibly an Irish, uh, you know, lower, I'm going to say 43 to 46%. Uh, and now I'm not thinking cognac, I'm thinking maybe some other kind of uh, wine, um, not sherry though, but like some kind of um, maybe red wine style. And then, but then there's this side of me that's pulling towards Canada now too with a, with a rye. So, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. I do I do think that there is a little bit of wine cask in it, though. The more I the more I smell it and taste it, the more I'm kind of getting some kind of a a, a red wine uh, background to it. But uh, I'm gonna just go off the cuff. I'm gonna say it's um, shoot uh, for fuck's sake. I'm gonna say it's an Irish, younger Irish, with some kind of wine cask. I'm going to say single malt, even though it could be possibly a pot still. I don't know. That's my guess. <laughs> wow. I'm really, uh, I'm really killing you. I'm all I? over the place. It's probably, <laughs> it's, hard. it's probably like a, a bourbon or something. <laughs> now I told Charles with all the blind tasting I was doing that my career was going to be ruined. You know, <laughs> I was going to have no. <laughs> I think, I think it's one thing when you do a blind tasting and you have five or six whiskeys next to each other and you're going through them and you can kind of go back and forth yeah, compare, when you have yeah. one whiskey in front of you mm -hmm. with no information, no idea what category it is. It's really hard because your mind just like goes all over the place. And, you know, I've done bottled and bond bourbon blind tastings or other blind tastings where there was a category. But when it's just completely blind and you have no idea where it's from or who, you know, it's super hard. So it's fun. I mean, it's great, but it's it's frustrating. There's no question. Before I reveal it. Oh, boy. Well, I like to, anytime I'm doing a blind tasting, go back to the most important question. And you actually didn't answer it. Do, Do I you like, like it? it? <laughs> Now be careful because you don't know what it is yet. So you I, don't do. Wanna... I, I do. I I do. Um, it does taste young to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, almost I get some of the new make out of it, uh, which I did actually last night in the whiskey we had, which was a, a Tipperary Irish uh, single malt. Um, you know, the new make was very forward in that whiskey last night. And so I get a little bit of that tonight and maybe it's just because I'm remembering last or I'm, I'm getting that today because maybe I'm remembering that from last night. But uh, is it actually on this list? No. Oh, OK. This you, is you just our next the, topic. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, young. All right. I, I, I would. I don't know if I 
would buy a bottle or not. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, not something, it's not something I drink yeah. all the time, I guess. Okay. Are you ready? So, yeah, go for you it. You had one of the right answers in your three answers. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I feel a little better. <laughs> so this is actually Whistle Pig. Okay. So it's Canadian farm stock, though. Oh, okay. So, so it's theirs. Okay. Um, crop That's one. That's kind of where I ended was Canada. So I mm -hmm. went through this, like, you know, multiple journey. Uh, mm -hmm. Ended in, I was in Ireland, then went to Canada. That was like my last, because we did, we did taste these found north recently, too. And there was a little bit of, I got a little bit of that in there, too. Okay. I don't know. So, so this is 50% ABV. Okay. Crop one. Okay. So I remember we got these samples when it was first coming out back in the day when I'm now four or five years ago yeah. when we were at the farm. What type of cast is that, do you think? It's is just, in farm stock, just new just charred Just regular oak? oak? Maybe okay. toasted. I mean, it's definitely not a heavy char. Yeah. I'd have to look okay. up farm stock. I don't but... know. I got some kind of wine note on it, though. I don't know why, but... Maybe there is... I didn't think their farm stock had... I mean, obviously they're... Um, was it... Uh, their 12 year old um, has different wine finishes, but it's definitely quite sweet. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. has a, a sweeter characteristic. I mean, that first initial reaction was like cognac. You know, that mm -hmm. was my first nose. On the nose, yeah, I can um, see that. But then it kind of that wasn't on the palate at all. Lined so I, a bit. I went went away from that, but. Um, oh, that was fun. Good. All I like right. farm stock. Well, and I also just found out that I got zero points last night for the uh, the blind tasting. So now I feel a little bit better. Yeah, you were one of the <laughs> only people with zero points. Really? <laughs> I, uh, to be honest, I've kind of just I've given up a little. No, bit. you haven't. <laughs> yes, Give I me have. A break. No, don't no, say I. That. Um, I don't know. It's really starting to mentally drain me. <laughs> it really is. There's only five more days. Yeah, I know. It's a lot more days. So You're still in the lead, too. So I shouldn't be when I got zero multiple times. That shows and... you how far in the lead you were. Well, uh-oh. I'm still in trouble. I'm, I'm going to lose. This is... <laughs> there are people gunning for you, I have to say. Well... <laughs> like when I announced last night that Holly had zero points, there was like this roar in the crowd. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, I thought it was a blended scotch. Whatever. So I knew it was a wine finish, so at least Tipperary was a wine finish. That's true. x -Rio, But there huh? was no answer for that. No one can check a box for that. But anyways, we're getting over 30 minutes. Usually I think we're going to be too short on time. But um, I just wanted to briefly touch on some news because it gets brought into our shop quite a bit, and it will come up, and especially... Once the, I don't know if the printed magazine's out yet, but the top 20 whiskeys of 2021 from Whiskey Advocate were finalized. And I, as always, it's just fun to look at these award uh, lists because people do follow them, uh, depending on which one you believe is the most reputable. And I like Whiskey Advocate. So, um, yeah, Lagavulin 11 being number one. And and actually, when Charles and I were first looking at the full list, we really wanted to know wh what is the criteria for this one again? Because it's not just their favorite whiskeys. It's a, a combination of their top-rated whiskeys for 2021, which makes sense as yep. it tastes good. But it's also value and availability, which makes sense too. But also doesn't make sense because some of these aren't available i know like teeling black pits i mean number three we did <laughs> we did you know have that shipped in 
for the club earlier this year so we could use it for dinner because I really wanted to taste the first tealing peated expression and it's wonderful but it's not available so yeah, you know and the, the peerless double oak you know yeah I got it at the distillery that's great but you, you can't get that up here in New York or anything like that so some of the availability talk is I don't know maybe it's available to whiskey advocate yeah, which that's, is, I think which that is, is great <laughs> I mean your magazine and you uh, have a little bit of power for getting bottles sent to you but um, for the general public um, yeah some of these though yes uh, Ard, like Arden American we have in the store which is great yeah the 12 number 12 on the list Arden American uh, the Wiseman is on there mm -hmm. you know some of these are available so it's uh, you know a mix yeah. I... And some cool brands, you know, Port Charlotte's on there and Arn is on there. I mean, some, some, you know, bottles that you probably wouldn't expect to be on there are, are there. So, yeah, I think it's a, an interesting lineup again, all with a grain of salt because it's still their palate and there's lots of amazing whiskeys outside of these, but I, I do respect them and like seeing what they think are good values and, and tasted the best for the year. So I know we have many more awards to discuss for early 2022. San Francisco Spirit Awards yeah. is a few months into the year. Um, World Whiskey Awards will be right behind that. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's always fun to see it. Just like, you know, when Jim Murray comes out with his goofy Bible, I mean, it, it's, it's worth looking at mm -hmm. because you do get kind of a sense of what people are thinking at least you yeah. know people who are writing about whiskey and who know whiskey pretty well uh, it's still pretty fun to, to check out these top top lists yeah so take a look at it you can just google whiskey advocate top 20 whiskeys of 2021 and you'll see the full list um, and for now I guess we will wrap it up we'll uh, we have more stuff to do in the shop we'll see you in probably about a week or two again we'll hopefully record another podcast and if you are in Saratoga Springs, come visit us at 68 Washington Street, uh, right in downtown. Our website is live and we are shipping within New York State, so firstfillspirits.com. Um, we also will hold your bottles indefinitely as well, so uh, you, know, you can take a trip up here whenever, but if you see something cool on the website, you can purchase it and we'll hold it for you. And We'll have some news as well about our website and our uh, our cast club. Um, some really cool uh, membership opportunities for First Fill Spirits as well coming soon. Yeah, 2022 will be a lot of fun for the store and for you. And happy holidays and enjoy the rest of the holiday season and drink lots of whiskey ordered from First Fill Spirits. So. <laughs> <laughs> but not there's not just first fill cask whiskeys in here. Second fill, third fill. Just yes. have to throw that out there. And, first fill's and, great, second fill's great, yes. third fill's great. Yes. All of first it. fill's our all, shop. All of it. Just <laughs> buy it all. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you later. I'm gonna go sulk that I got zero points. Didn't realize that till I was on the podcast. All so, right. All right. I think I got one point. All right. Have a good See ya. one.